Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. This week, doing something that I am willing to bet that 99% of the people that listen to this podcast have never heard. We're doing a mystery album. It's the second time we've done it. Uh, I'm excited. I know that eventually you figured it out, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. How are you, my friend? How was your week? And uh, what have you been listening to? I feel like 99% is being very generous. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is the the depths of obscure obscurity, um, <laughs> if I may say so. But um, interest, Be, very being the internet sleuth you are, you were able to put the pieces together. But I assure you, it was not easy. Like the the amount of information regarding this band was so minimal for the internet being as vast as it is. It was. Rather surprising. So, but uh, given one of the members, it's also surprising because you would think that people would have heard of this, but you know, I guess not. I guess. I mean, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but we'll we'll get there in, in due time. Uh, did you happen to hear anything this week that caught your ear? Uh, I, I actually went back and listened to the new uh, Glory Hammer album because I, I'll admit I didn't really love it on on first listen, and and it would appear that that might have just been my mood that time because on second listen i actually enjoyed it uh quite a bit more um it could just be a, a function of getting used to the new uh singer's voice uh sozos michael who um replaced uh the Fonz, uh who not henry winkler but uh <laughs> the other uh, winkler yeah mcsick winkler mcsick <laughs> um and that i think that He's just such a different kind of vocalist, whereas like Winkler has kind of a almost a, a rasp to a raspiness to him, whereas um, Sozos has a much kind of smoother uh, style. So, um, but it still has that you know that classic uh, cheesy power metal you know glory that Glory Hammer does so well. So uh, I'm glad I went back. There's a ton of albums from quarter two of this year that um, I really need to go back and listen to because. Even though I did manage to catch up on things, a lot of things I only got a chance to listen to once. And as we all know, sometimes uh, once is uh, not enough. Um, but uh, a couple of uh, a couple of new singles came out. Um, Ronnie Atkins has a new album coming out called Trinity, which makes sense because it's uh, going to be his third solo album. And he uh, the first single, uh, this, the title track, came out uh i think at the end of last week and um again you know it's for the fans of ronnie atkins and pretty maids it's right what you would uh right what you would expect um really good stuff um have we had a chance did we talk about the new angra single uh last no, week? no and i'm glad you brought that up because if you didn't i was going to um we had posted this if i'm not mistaken on our social media pages and it's it's interesting the debate i don't want to say the debate but um i think most people would agree they like it i would argue it's maybe the best fabio song i've ever heard him sing for angra i know i might be in the minority there but um i know others would agree because they said as much to me but um you know it's it's interesting i i thought that the last angra album was good i didn't think it was great but this seemed to be like a breath of fresh air, almost hearkening back to the um, that early Edu sound with like Temple of Shadows or you know that second album with Edu. I thought it was great, and, and I don't know, I don't know that we had a, a, a chance to talk about it. But yeah, this this was a hit for me. If this is the rest, if this is what the rest of the album is going to sound like, we're in for a real treat. Yeah, I agree. I, I've uh, I very much enjoyed the uh, the Fabio era of Angra so far, although it's kind of hard to believe that they've only really done two albums with him at this point. Um, but uh, there's a lot of songs I really enjoy from both uh, Secret Garden and Omni. Um, Insania is probably my favorite from the two, but oh man, I love the uh, the police cover of Synch uh, Synchronicity 2 that they did on Secret Garden. Just uh, um, Not just Fabio, but... Um, Raphael does uh, vocals on that as well. He, he seems to be doing more vocal work uh, with the band um, since Fabio has joined. Um, 
So yeah, um, this single is really killer. I, I really liked it upon first listen, and like yeah, like you said, um, if it's a uh, a taste of things to come, it, it looks like it is. Actually, I don't know if this is going to be. I don't know if this is going to be the opening track on the album. It's uh, track one of one uh, on the single, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. But um, it's a hell of a start. So. I believe that album is coming out in November. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's definitely one to keep an eye out for. And also, being that it's towards the end of the year, I'll be curious to see, you know, how much time we're able to give it in the grand scheme of everything else. I think sometimes albums come out later in the year and they don't necessarily place as well on year end lists because you haven't had as much time to digest them. Um, but true. fortunately for Angra, you know, usually those are, uh, you know, they kind of hit you right away. You don't really need to let them marinate as much as like a, you know, an obscure prog band or something like that. Yeah. Um, Omni, which was their last album came out before I had started making your end lists. So it'll be interesting to see where this album ends up landing. I, if it doesn't make the list, I could only assume it was just a, a vast disappointment. Um, Cause uh, an Angra album should be in my top 50 albums of the year, uh, one would imagine. So One one would certainly imagine. Um, yeah, that's uh, a good, definitely a good listen. Um, anything else? Because I have a couple of things myself. Um, I don't think so. Um, actually, I did uh, speak with our mutual friend, Justin, uh, the Ju- Ju- Texas Justin, as we like to call him, not to be confused with New York Justin. Um, that would be, and me. he was he was asking me about if I had a chance to listen to the Eclipse singles, which I believe I had mentioned either uh, last week or the week before. So, um, you know, I, I sat down and listened to all three of them, and I have to say, like, two of them were, you know, pretty much what you would expect, uh, you know, classic Eclipse style. But the third one, which um, I believe it was uh, the song Got It was like kind of weird. Like it didn't feel like an Eclipse song. It was, it was very strange. I, I, have you had a chance to listen to any of these songs? It, it's, it's real. it's just very odd that this like one song really just was a complete, uh, just a complete uh, outlier. As we say, I have not had a chance to listen to it, but I I think that once I missed the first two, I just said, all right, at this point, I'll I'll wait for the album to come out. So obviously, I'll be giving that a listen. But when you say outlier, is it because it's poppier? Is it because it's heavier? Is it because it's you know? Did they go? To, did they release a black metal? So like, what did they do that was different? <laughs> it's yeah, I would say poppier of the things you just listed, uh, like like almost like too poppy, like it. it, it not too poppy, like just too poppy for them. Like it just seemed like really, um, like they were, I don't know, like trying, really trying to, get, on the to radio. get a rate, get a radio hit or something. It, it's just odd. I don't know. Maybe it'll grow on me with the, uh, when the rest of the album drops, but, um, just an odd track. Uh, me and Justin both kind of agreed. It felt kind of, um, I don't know, found it misplaced in the, in the pantheon of eclipse songs. Uh, but uh, oh. you know, I guess we'll we'll see. Uh, I am looking forward to getting to hear the whole album, and and that's another one where if it doesn't make my year end list, then that means it was definitely a disappoint disappointment. I, I can understand that. I, I I still go back to some of their you know first couple of albums that were really just home runs for me, and since then I think I've I don't know. It's it's I, I, they lost a little bit of their luster. There's been a bit of sameness to to what they've done, but certainly not to say I don't like it. It's just I don't know that they've hit their high water mark um, again for me. But listen, they've I'll always me- been a band for me where like I think that they're in general solid, but then they have every album has like a handful of tracks that I think are really outstanding. You know, like Fair even enough. going back to the Bleed and Scream album, like Ain't Dead Yet, that's like oh, one of the, one of my favorite songs. It's such a really good tune. Uh, they just, um, I never really feel like they have like a, an album of just all bangers, like start to finish. Um, but again, there's always like a handful of tracks that I, I end up really, really liking. Um, so um, I'm guessing that will be the same going forward as I've, you know, I've yet to hear an Eclipse album I didn't like. I 
can certainly understand that. And uh, I'm going to take us back to Brazil for a second because I had a chance to listen to the new Icon of Sin album. And if you recall, this was a Brazilian band that was very reminiscent of that 80s Maiden sound with a singer who's almost like a dead ringer for Bruce Dickinson. His name is Rafael Mendez, and he does a lot of stuff on uh, with Frontiers, and he's been kind of guest doing a lot of guest spots because his vocals are just on the one hand, very unique, and on the other hand, a, a complete ripoff of one of the greatest of all time. So it's it's kind of interesting. But I thought the album was solid. I need to give it another spin. I won't say it's my album of the year, but if you're looking for some like you know classic, uh, you know new wave of British heavy metal inspired metal, I think you could do a lot worse than the Icon of Sin album. It's called Legends. It just came out this week. And uh, in other news, uh, I was telling you offline about an EP that I heard, which I thought you would particularly enjoy. Um, and, and, and the reason for it is, and, and you probably remember these guys, but there's a band out of Germany called Induction. Does that name ring a bell to you by any chance? Yes, it does. And why is that? Because uh, there's somebody in it. Was it was it a Gamma Ray member or? Sort of. It's Kai Hansen's son, Tim, who's like the guitar player for this band. And um, so there are a bunch of young, you know, power metal upstarts, but they released an EP. Uh, gosh, it's got to be, I guess, earlier this week. And I just thought it was really, really surprisingly good. The, the EP is called The Power of Power. Um, but six songs, all of which had their own flair, their own flavor, and just were really enjoyable. I thought the vocals were great. I thought the guitar work was great. And I guess what really stood out was that it wasn't really an extension of Gamma Ray or Halloween, but it almost had like a dynasty vibe to it, where it was like power metal, but then with this like melodic flair in, in spots. Um, really, really good. I, I, I look forward to, to hearing more from them. And I think that the, the best is yet to come, but definitely check that out. I'll try to post a track from the album this week. Um, just because I think more people need to hear this band. I I remember uh, I have I grabbed one song uh, back in 2020 uh, from their um, in, from their self titled album, and the track was called "Mirror Make Believe." And I remember that being a really good song. And for the life of me, I can't remember why I didn't dig more into um, more from this band. Uh, but I did put the song on a playlist and uh, I obviously liked it enough, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Cause this, now that I'm like listening to this track, this old track, I'm like, yeah, this was good. Like, why didn't I, I don't know. It's probably just, you know, uh, just already drowning in other, <laughs> in other stuff at that point. So I'll As be sure is to- so often the case, unfortunately, just because of the sheer volume of stuff that seems to come out on a regular basis. Yep. Without a doubt. So uh, I will definitely give that, EP a listen as I do not have a uh, I don't have a runaway uh, so far for EP of the of the year so uh, I not that will, there's been a ton of options but um I will go out on a limb and say I think there's a chance that this one makes the cut for you I, I think there's a real chance that you fall in love with this EP I, I just going on out on a limb here yeah I mean I have a uh, uh, on at least chronologically on my list I have uh, Vengeant Isan Terames of course Terames. Uh, right. Ghost, uh, Omnium Gatherum, um, Terminal Dusk, who we mentioned last week, and uh, and I even have uh, Tommy Tommy J's uh, first compilation album, Best of the Eighties, Volume One. Uh, I, I deemed it short enough to be uh, an EP since there's only like seven seven short. Oh, he made an executive it. decision and decided to go uh, cowboy on this one. Yeah, uh, even though his second album, Best of the Nineties, Volume One, I felt was a little bit too long to be an EP with one additional track, but. I don't know. You know, it's my it's, it's my iTunes and I'll do what I want. It's your world. We're just living in it and and fortunately Tommy Tommy J is making music in it. So I guess we all win even in your world. Yeah, as long as Tommy's around, uh, God bless him. Um let's let's shift gears. Let's talk a little bit about this week's album. Um I have been sitting on this for 9 months, I think. Uh this album came to my attention and I want to go back a little bit. This is an album that is over 15 years old. I won't, I won't say when it came out, but it's an older album that I just never heard about. And as luck would have it, this came on my radar last year and I contacted the main, one of the main people behind the project. And I said, is there a way that I can just get a hold of this thing 
I want to cover it on the podcast because I know that nobody, and I mean nobody, has heard of this thing. And it's not like an obscure garage band or anything like that. There's a name in the band that people have heard of. It's quite timely. Um, but at the same time, this thing just never got off the ground. And and I know that like there are people that listen to the podcast that when they hear this band are going to be like, I can't believe I've never heard this because there's elements of greatness here. Um, and then there's other stuff that, you know, I, I don't know is perfect, but we'll get there. But say that to say, um, the one of the guys in the band was kind enough to send me the album. And I've basically listened to it on and off for, for the better part of nine months. And then this was the first time where I really did a deep dive and I listened to it a bunch. Um, is it fair to say that you've never heard of this band prior to this week? No, I didn't even know this existed. I mean, it was uh, you sent me the album and told me to listen to it once and to report back with my feelings. And I said, uh, I just couldn't put my finger on it, just that the singer sounded very familiar. And I said, it sounds like somebody. And you said, that's who it is. So uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spill the beans. I'm going to let you uh, be the the revealer of, of the mystery, but um, that's uh, that was my pretty much my experience with it. And, and to that end, I think that part of the reason I picked the album this week is because there was a nice marriage between our episode last week covering Superior's Behind album and covering this album. And the reason is, to your point, the vocalist is none other than Michael Tangerman from Superior. And even though Superior was kind of defunct, I guess, for all intents and purposes by 2007, he had recorded guest vocals on this album just one year prior in 2006. And even though, you know, at this time in my life, I was a huge Superior fan. I had had all their albums. I just never knew that this thing existed. And I was surprised to hear that he was on another release, um, let alone a, a release that in many ways is in the same vein as some of that superior material. Would you agree with that? Uh, I would agree with that. It, it's um, a little more modern sounding, I, I would say. Um, but yes, uh, it is kind of, I would put it in the prog metal uh, milieu, if you will. That's a very good word. Uh, a <laughs> word that we have not used yet on the metal exchange. So kudos for, for expanding all of our vocabulary. Um, shout out to Brian, Mr. SAT himself. I think he would be proud of that one. He would be very lugubrious to hear that. <laughs> um, so when you figured out the singer, you obviously Googled this band or, I mean, I guess you, uh, how did you, how did you stumble upon what this ultimately was? Uh, well, once you told me who the singer was, uh, well, confirmed really because you did, yeah. you did to your credit, you did guess it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, to be fair, like there were parts of there were parts where I thought he sounded kind of like Michael Erickson. There were parts where I thought he sounded <laughs> kind of like uh, Georg uh, Neuheiser from um, from Serenity. <laughs> um, there was a part that I thought it sounded like the singer from. Uh, um, oh God damn. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll remember when we get up to it, but, uh, like in general, it mostly sounded like the guy from superior. Um, there were, there was just like some of these other vocal parts that kind of threw me off the scent a little bit. Um, that could but, be a product of the production. If I'm yeah, being honest possibly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I went to the, uh, the often, uh, cited, uh, um, metal archives webpage and, um, I went to Michael Tangerman's bio or his his artist page i should say and there there's nothing in the the metal archives about this album but um there's you know always the the trivia facts that they have at the top of the page and all it says for michael tangerman is did lead vocals as a guest on out of control an album by french prog metal band human defects and that's kind of how i uh narrowed it down but then upon googling this album there's almost nothing um there are songs on youtube which i believe were uh posted by the band or or members of the band or or whatever but um 
beyond that, um, I don't know that I saw any reviews. Um, I think I, I think I found their their Facebook page, which I'm guessing is not active currently. Um, it, I really just I, I've never I can't remember the last time I saw just so little information uh, about something. I'm gonna have to really lean on you as far as like um, who else was in this band and and uh, and things of that nature. But um, really interesting choice, and I think it was um, you know, like you said, incredibly timely following um last week's uh su- you know superior episode and and the the subsequent uh interview that followed yeah i i have to say the information i have is somewhat limited as well i i can't do a whole historical retrospective on these guys as as we do with some of the other bands that we cover but i'm going to give it the old uh college try based on the information that i do have does that I mean was, we're going to do a keg stand or I would I mean listen at the metal exchange anything goes so it's <laughs> it's entirely possible but um it's it's funny because when I looked on I, I was surprised that they even had a, a a tagline for it on on metal archives but yet even though it's mentioned and it's unquestionably metal material there, there's just no question about it they don't have an entry for it which is surprising to me because I figured if they're going to take the time to put in something on Tangerman's biography, you'd think they would just do the entire page for this band. And, and you you said it, you know, they are called Human Defects. The album is called Out of Control. And it is a French duo, really, that kind of are the driving force here. And I'll get to them in a minute. But uh, the album came out in 2006. So we're almost 20 years after its release. Um, a few years after the last superior album and since then we've heard nothing from human defects nothing from michael tangerman i mean this has really been lost to time in in many respects yeah that seems to be the uh the theme of august at the metal exchange uh yeah we went from we went from being incredibly timely in july to being like uh completely uh, irrelevant in august (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair enough um Although we hey we got more interviews from bands from guys that were in Superior than we did from uh, <laughs> from anybody that was playing at Prog Power. So well, uh, I, I have a feeling that that may change come come September. But yeah, you're right. It's um I you know as an aside, I thought that that was a really interesting and I, I mean I can say this because we did it, but I, I thought it was a really interesting conversation with those folks. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, do go back. Even if you're not a fan of the band, I think there's some interesting anecdotes in there that any metal fan will enjoy. I, I was just so psyched that the uh, the audio quality was so good, especially for um, uh, Richards. Uh, he 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 was like mic'd up like a pro. I, I, sometimes <laughs> we uh, just have uh, we have some trouble with our interview subjects because you know not everybody has like a good microphone and or uh, shitty internet connection in certain yeah, cases. Yeah, I mean, I think we've recorded a couple of. Um, We've recorded one one episode or one interview was done over the over the phone. One was done on like Facebook uh, Facebook uh, video feed or whatever. Um, we're not going to reveal which which ones were which. <laughs> Maybe you can figure it out on your own. But uh, yeah, I was like, as soon as we got on with him, I was like, oh my god, he sounds like clear as a bell all the way. Better Germany. than we do. Yeah, I was like, this is this is great. Uh, so, but. Uh, you know, sound quality aside, the the content of the interview was quite good as well. So yeah, definitely second Justin's uh, recommendation to give it a a listen. And I, I'd be I'm really curious to hear um, if anybody out there actually listened to Superior for the first time uh, through listening to the podcast, and if so, what they uh, what they thought are are we overrating it due to uh, nostalgia or are we, as uh, Pat said, uh, rating it too low by giving it a, a, a something any, anything less than a nine and change, as he put it? Yes, the the, the uh, it sounds like one of your ratings, the nine and change, where you just start <laughs> adding numbers after. It was, a nine, it was a nine point one four three nine six. But that's just an estimate. Um, yeah. So it was rounding. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, so to, to this to that end. Um, I think it's a perfect segue because I know for a fact, like I said, that nobody has heard of this album. I'm going to post as many tracks as I can from it um, this week. If yeah, there's the- there's a decent amount of these songs on YouTube, so yes. you shouldn't have trouble uh, finding. I think some of the shorter like segue type tracks, I don't know, but um, most of the long form tracks are out there. So yeah, and which, so- is, which is surprising. Um- <laughs> 
I don't what, know that you're going to be able to find it on Spotify or Apple Music, but uh, who knows? I mean, I I don't I don't think so. In fact, normally I will post a link to the Spotify album um, in the comments, or I should say down below uh, for the podcast listeners or even the YouTube listeners. Uh, but this one, I could post a link to their MySpace page. That's about all I could do on this <laughs> one, and that should tell you everything you need to know right there. But um, members.aol.com/slash human defects. Yeah, exactly. Well, to be to be fair, none of Superior's albums are on Apple or or Spotify either. So. Also true. Also true. Um, let me let me kind of walk you through who these guys are and and what this is all about. The the project is really, as I said, a two person project. And what's interesting is, can you guess who the main musicians are? And again, you don't know who they are, but if you had to guess, who wrote this album? Because it's uh, two guys. Like from a, from a from a. Um, instrument standpoint like based on the musicality who do you think wrote the album john my young yeah i um i'm not honestly i'm not really sure okay I, and that's fine uh the project was a really the brainchild of a guy by the name of ozzy a-z-e a-z-e his he's the keyboard player and the drummer slash percussionist whose name or who goes by Max. So it's basically the Ozzy and Max project. Um, and then obviously they bring in Michael Tangerman for his vocals. They bring in a gentleman, or I think it's a gentleman, but it could be a woman on a Florian or Nod to do rhythm and lead guitars. Matthew Merklin on bass and a guy by the name of Tony Boy who does all the samples, programming and synthesizers. So it's a bunch of Dare I say hired guns and and the music was certainly written by the two French duo, you know, the, the French duo I mentioned earlier. Um, it's recorded in Sweden. It's engineered, um, I think, in Sweden as well, or may, actually it could be in, in Germany. I'm not 100% sure. But they, they kind of went all over the world to get people to, to do guest spots and, and play on this thing. And then it just never got off the ground. And I, I know for a fact, based on my conversations, that they just had an issue picking up a label on this thing, um, which is a shame because when you listen to it, there's actually some really good music here. And um, you know, I'm hoping that people at least give it a give it a you know a listen after after we talk about it. So uh, what's I, I'm curious. I want to try to see if I can find anything else. So it, it's. A A D A D Z E or A Z E? No, just A Z E. It's Max and I call it Ozzy. I guess you could call it Easy, but A Max and A Z E. Easy. And they don't have a last name. No, that's what they go by. I mean, I could I have their last names, but that's what they're that's what they're kind of. Oh, okay. But, I was um, just curious if like uh, there was any. What else have they done? Nothing. Or do we know? Nothing. Nothing. And that's really what is, um, in many ways, curious to me because like. They, they come out with this album and that was the end of it. I know that they started playing music together back in 1999. They did an EP back in 2003 called Breaking Illusions um, with a band called Chrysalis. And then they released this album and that was the, that was the end of, that was the end of it. And, and I should note that it was produced, as I mentioned, by Daniel Bergstrand, who's worked with some big bands um, for those, for those that are unfamiliar with Daniel Bergstrand, he's worked with um, bands by the likes of Meshuga, Soilwork, Strapping Young Lad, In Flames, Behemoth, um, you know, kind of like a laundry list of metal bands that everyone who listens to this podcast has probably heard of, if not is is a fan of. Um, and then he they, they released this album, and for whatever reason, I just... I, I don't know if it was production, not the production, but in terms of like the marketing or... Um, the fact that you know MySpace was not even you know was in its dying days when this happened in two thousand and six and two thousand and seven, but it just never got off the ground and like it's just just it's just out there and 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 I'm sure that they have copies that they're sitting on. So if anybody's interested, reach out to me and I can put you in contact with the band. I'm sure they would love to uh, you know sell some of these. But uh, for all intents and purposes. If you didn't know that, like this, like you can't find this album, even if you wanted to, it's just not in circulation. That's, I mean, that's just such an absolutely fascinating choice. But uh, you know, like I said, it makes complete sense considering what we covered last week. So, uh, I, 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 it was really cool. Like my on first listen, I was just kind of like, 
I think I was so, focusing so much on trying to figure out who the hell it was that I was like not really paying close attention, but I've gone back and listened to the album a, a few times now. And, and like you said, there, there's actually some really good stuff on here that, uh, I, I, I mean, it's not going to rank as high as superior, but, um, it's, it's not bad at all. And there's some, I think there's some really standout tracks. I'd be curious to see if we, um, have uh, the same song of the week being that there aren't a ton of, of long, longer songs on this uh, album. It's possible, but um, hopefully we don't. So we can, but you know, post more than one song. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into it. The album. And do you have the track names? I think I gave them to you after once you figure it out. Yeah. I'm good. The album kicks off with a, a really interesting intro and the track is called welcome home. It's a bit all over the place. It has like these electronic, oh, I should say like this electric sound, um, some ominous keys. And I really don't know whether to make heads or tails out of it. And I, when I remember when I listened to it for the first time, I couldn't help but think to myself, what the hell is this building to? And then all of a sudden, self-controlled, the first real track kicks in. Did you have a similar experience? Like what, what, what the hell am I listening to? Yeah, it was definitely kind of like uh, aliens are invading outer space kind of uh, yeah. vibe, and then and then it goes right into this um, this opening uh, riff that um, kind of reminded me of um, "Nothing to Say" by Angra on Holy Land, or it was just kind of this chugging kind of riff to just bring things in. But then uh, then these keyboards kind of jump in, and you're like, "Oh, we're we're uh, we're going prog here." Yeah, and, and and I think that's exactly right, and. It's not only is it prog, but it's in many ways like keyboard driven prog, not piano per se, but like true keyboard. I almost not not that I get the same sound, but it almost reminds me of Voyager, how it's prog, but it's certainly led by that guitar or keyboard sound um, with with the you know unmistakable vocals as, as if you're a superior fan, because I think he has a very distinct voice uh, with Michael Tangerman behind him. Um I think this the guitar te- the guitar is really crisp, but I think that the whole album on, does lack a little bit in the production department. You know, we we talked about how great behind sounded, and we even talked about this with with the gentleman from the band. But this album comes out a decade later and does not sound nearly as good sonically. The songs are there, I think the chops are there, but I think that the production left a little something to be desired. Yeah. I I would say that that's fair, especially following up on an album that we were like lauding the, uh, how good the production was. Um, But it got, not unlistenable though. It wasn't like you could say, Oh, I can't listen to this. It was jarring the first time. I think just going straight from superiors behind to this, but um, it it grew, it definitely grew on me and became less uh, jarring as the uh, listening went, went on. But man, when the vocals first kick in on this song, the first thing I heard was Alessio Garavello for some reason, just for a couple of bars. Like I must've thought five different singers uh, (laughs) besides Michael Tangerman, as I was listening to this, even though it was like 90% Tangerman, there was like, I just heard all these different, maybe it was just because I was trying so hard to listen to <laughs> who it was that things were just popping into my head that made probably little to no sense. But uh, Did you think I found an Alessio track that you hadn't heard? That would have been a miracle in and of itself. Anything's possible. You know, you never know. I, 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 I can't keep track of all of the Italian singers and what they do after they leave PowerQuest. <laughs> sure, there sure have been more than one. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, this this is a really good track to me, and in many ways, I feel like this could have been a track that was actually on the Behind album, just in terms of the crunch, the the drum fills that really kind of helped drive this song along with the riffs. I think it's a very good opener, and it's probably in my top three or four songs on the album. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um... I feel like the vocals have a little bit of kind of like a distorted, which it sounds like kind of like a studio effect, not really Michael's vocals per se, but it's almost like they were doing it on purpose. Cause it does sound a bit different than what we were used to hearing with on superior. Um, and I think that's why there were points where I was like kind of hearing a little bit of a gay org from serenity. Um, but uh 
yeah, I think everything you said is pretty spot on. I thought this was a good a good tune and probably one of my probably one of my three or four favorite songs uh, on the album. Really good, uh, really good opener. And so I think that we agree there. What about the next track, which is called um, Alone? It's it's one of the longer tunes for sure on the album. I think it clocks in at over eight minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this one, again, is giving me those Georg vibes um, a little bit on the, at least on the, um, the, the verses. Um, this one's a little less crunchy, less driving. I think it has a bit of a more um, melodic chorus. Um, I can't really put my finger on like what overall it reminds me of, but um I, when you once you hit that chorus, you can really hear that superior um that kind of like that superior era vocal sound that that Michael is known for um but I thought this was a solid tune it's a little less um it's a little less heavy than the previous song and a little more proggy, I would say. I, I definitely agree with that. This this is a song that when I first heard it, I didn't care for as much. But by the end, it was up there for Song of the Week candidate. I really fell in love with this tune. Um, I think it was just a little more melodic than the first song. I thought there were more hooks in this. Um, definitely in terms of the, the, the chorus. I think that it's like it's straight off of Ultima Ratio, which is Superior's third and final album. I thought the guitar solo was a little deliberate sounding, and I don't know that that's necessarily a compliment, but the song itself was really proggy and grew on me. Um, and, and maybe, maybe one of the top two choruses on the entire album, and I think that that was the big hook. Um, but yeah, yeah I agree for, with that. for a song that clocks in at eight minutes and 14 seconds, uh, you could do worse than those first two tracks. I think that back to back, they make for two solid tunes. Uh, the third track or the third full track called You Are Mine, that's a bit of a miss for me. I didn't love this song. I thought it was, uh, before you tell me why it's your song of the week, and I, I say that tongue in cheek, maybe, but this one I thought was a bit more paint by numbers. I, I, I kept waiting for this big payoff after this extended intro, and it never quite came because I thought the chorus was a bit dry. Um, I don't know. I think that the slower chorus with the keys is a nice touch, but I don't actually love the vocal lines there. So I think that that was a bit of a miss. It was almost too slow in a number of ways. Um, and I just thought it was a really hard follow-up compared to those first two tracks, which I did enjoy a lot. Uh, it's my song of the week. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I did it again. <laughs> After I slander it, you always do this to me. Um, yeah. What about this song grabbed you? Because obviously we had a difference of opinion here. I think it was just the um, the chorus was the most memorable one for me. Like it just kind of whenever I listened to it, I was just like, I don't know, it just stuck with me. Uh, I can't really explain why. I don't know that it's like musically any better than any other song on the album. It's just the one that kind of stuck with me more than uh, anything else. It, it definitely has kind of a, I think a um, a radio friendly kind of chorus, like something that maybe more uh the more masses could latch onto um maybe because it's <laughs> maybe le- less proggy than some of the other songs that could sure. have to do with it it's pretty it's just a pretty simple tune but i i thought it was really catchy so yeah um this is gonna i think become a start becoming a running joke but uh <laughs> although we did agree last week for whatever that's worth <laughs> yeah, i could i couldn't slander why if i wanted to so for whatever that's worth um but let's let's give you our mind a listen and uh for many, this will be their first exposure to the band, so let's let's give it a listen.
So again, that is You Are Mine by Human Defects, Chris's song of the week. Um, an interesting tune. Uh, definitely a different... <laughs> Just say what you feel. Another trash pile from Chris. <laughs> <laughs> listen, not everyone can have taste. No, I, I digress. Um, I, listen, I, what I, I think that's what makes this interesting. Next time, I'll just preface it by saying, what do you think of this before I decide to completely... <laughs> yeah, just pick, pick your least favorite song on the album and let me lead. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to do. Now, um, the, the, the next track here is a nice breakup break up the mood type of thing and i and i mean it's kind of just a long piano interlude it's called the black sun and i actually like it quite a bit i think it gives off strong persephone vibes the way they use the piano to kind of break up some of the some of the tunes that they write but underneath all of that are some really solid bass lines which is not something i talk about much with this band because i don't think it resonates um on, on much of the album because I think the low end suffers from the production, but at the same time, I thought it was really pronounced here. And I actually thought it was a pretty interesting little interlude. I am going to uh, compare it to something that I think is going to go over your head, but uh, I will mention it anyway. Um, there was this, uh, there's a, an, an RPG that came out um, probably around 10 years ago at square released uh, called, uh, I am Setsuna, and it was uh, originally a PC game. I think it eventually got released. It's definitely on Switch. It was one of the um, day one uh, digital releases on Switch, and I, I'm sure they, it's probably on PS4 and, and other uh, consoles at this point. But um, one of the interesting things about this game was that the entire soundtrack is um, piano. Uh, it's really? all Yeah, which I, I thought... At first, I kind of didn't like, but then the more I played the game, you realize that it really fits the motif of the story, and it's very mostly very atmospheric. And that's ex- what this this could have been right on that soundtrack. Um, that's what it made me think of. And it's a uh, it's actually a very good game. It's not uh, like an all time great JRPG, but if you're just looking for a a good like a solid game to play, um, it's got um, a little bit of. Uh, I, I believe there was a little bit of a chrono trigger as an influence as far as like the uh, battle system goes, as far as like uh double techs as that was a thing with uh chrono trigger where two characters would share a, a special move together. Um, but I really enjoyed it and I actually played all the way to the end, which I don't always do. Um, so uh obligatory uh game recommendation uh nice. right there but uh never heard of you, it if you, if you love a good piano soundtrack i mean you love the soundtrack to this game because it's really just very um peaceful at times but also can be like really haunting and and creepy depending on you know the uh the plot of the game very interesting i've never heard of it but the soundtrack alone has me curious um but yeah good 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 little interlude here uh, the next track is called Fallen Angel, and this one kind of starts off like a ballad with these atmospheric keys and these really kind of beautiful vocals. But then all of a sudden the band kicks in, and I think this song picks up quite nicely. It's um really nice chorus. Uh, you know, I, I think it's I think this track maybe more than some of the others suffers from the the production, but the keyboards are really really pronounced and help drive this thing. Some nice drum fills and. I don't, I don't always say this, but there's like a bit of an extended instrumental section here. And I thought it fit really nicely with the rest of the song. I think this is a solid track. I'd say it's underrated, but that would imply that anybody has rated any of this. So I, you know, that's, I can't say that. Yeah. It's uh, underrated as far as underrated albums go by underrated bands that no one's heard of. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really like the, um, the instrumental portion towards the end of the song. I, I think that really, um, it, it was already a solid song to begin with, but I feel like that really gave it um, a bit of an identity. And there's, I think this is, it's, it's, it's bordering on a ballad. Uh, it's kind of a ballad. It's kind of just a, a kind of a atmospheric, slower kind of tune, but um, it, it's good. It's a good song. And uh, I, I agree with you. I, I like this. Uh, I like this as well. Um, just I really like the um, the keyboard chords that kind of hold it all together, um, but it's kind of cool how it starts out. Not terribly uh, uh, unlike some of Superior songs, where it starts out kind of unassuming and then picks up some steam and isn't quite the um, 
the slow ballad that it, it starts to sound like at the beginning. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. I just wanted to kind of shoehorn this in here because I thought you'd find it interesting. In a lot of the promotional materials that had kind of come with the album that you know the guys were kind enough to send me, they actually call themselves uh, uh, a new power metal progressive band. And I, on one promo, and then on another one, they call themselves a progressive power metal band. So they kind of use the terms progressive and power interchangeably. But for my ears, they are prog through and through. I don't really hear the power metal that they are referencing on this. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me. But I, I really don't hear it here when I think of power metal in the traditional sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, there might be some people that might consider like Symphony X a, a progressive power metal band. And this, is, I think, stylistically isn't terribly far off from that. So, I mean, I guess I... I guess I get it. I, I just the, the the terminology is so vague at this point when it comes to either um, that uh, at this point, I mean, it's kind of like just call call yourself what do you want to call yourself. I mean, Voyager calls himself epic electro progressive pop power metal. So I mean, it, who might it, argue with that? Yeah, give yourself a uh, give yourself your own genre. I mean, they're the only Voyager is the only band in my library that is under that genre. So. And they're therefore the best because they've got no competition. So um, when in doubt, just remove your competition and you make yourselves automatically number one. Um, we, we get into the next proper track called The Fool, The Eye, and The Machine. This one is another um, – a bit of a miss. Uh, I, I don't hate this song, but it starts with a piano intro, which is intriguing, if nothing else. And when the guitar kicks in, you realize that this song isn't anything what you would kind of expect it to be. This one has a very strong Dream Theater vibe to me. I hear proggy Dream Theater all over this song. Um, but when I think of the Dream Theater, I also think of it like falling into Infinity Era Dream Theater, because I think the keyboards are very Derek Sherinian inspired. Um, it, it grew on me a bit throughout the week. And it almost seems to gain a little speed as you go through it. Um, but in many ways, it's kind of controlled chaos. And um, I don't know, like the instrumental section was a bit of a miss, but then it, the chorus kicks back in and I do like it. So I know I'm all over the place with my description, but I think the song's all over the place. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I think the Dream Theater uh, comparison is pretty apt. Um, I don't know. I, To my recollection, this was probably the proggiest song. Uh, on that album, I think I might have liked it a bit, a bit more than you did. Uh, it's I think it's a pretty solid tune if you're uh, into that kind of, um, you know, like you said, that kind of like uh, falling into infinity era of, of dream theater. Not the not the nine ballads on the album, but the, <laughs> the other the well, other songs. It's the uh, lines in the sand of the album. Yeah, new will. millennium and that that yeah that ilk. Um, I'm just busting out the uh, the vocab words today. Um, yeah, I, I actually kind of um, dug this song. Um, not not in like my top three or anything, but uh, I still think it's uh, it's a pretty good tune, and definitely, I think if you're uh, a prog head, you'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I think that's very very fair. Um, interesting if nothing else i think it's worth a listen um but what we will be listening to is my song of the week which is the next track and it's actually the title track from the album called out of control um i'm not even going to lead into it i just want to give it a listen and i'll talk about it when we come back so check out human defects uh out of control from their same by the album with the same name from 2006 let's give it a listen easy for me to say <laughs>
can I say about out of control? I, I love the keyboard intro. And then I just love how all of a sudden the rest of the band comes in and it's heavy and it's crunchy. Um, this is a really catchy tune. I think arguably the catchiest on the album, if not definitely in the top two. Um, the verses are a little pedestrian, but the chorus is so spectacular and so superior sounding in many ways that I just love it. Um, I also think that there's the interplay between the chorus and the way they use the keyboards on this particular song are fantastic. Uh, and for that reason, I'll make it my song of the week. And since nobody else has heard it, they can't argue with the decision, but I want to hear what you think. I thought it was by far the worst song. On the album. <laughs> just, just kidding. It was actually my uh, runner up for oh, okay. song of the week. Um, especially again, the, the core, I think the chorus is just so memorable and, 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 catchy and i just love the way the vocals kind of soar um if you're watching the video i'm very italian i have to make the vocals no, you're soar. soaring i the, can see you taking off like you're gotta going make the up. gotta make the hand motions uh <laughs> just a little uh little plug for the video version of the, like of me the podcast pointing to the, the pursuit when i see it on the behind <laughs> it you know it's like that's what i do with my hand pointing to the no no not that one the other one yeah the, this this one me that, that guy uh so yeah, um, I, I, another kind of a little bit less uh, proggy than the, the last track, but still pretty proggy. But I, I definitely picked uh, a little bit of that uh, superior, like you said, um, vibe from this. I mean, kind of hard not to when you have the same guy singing. Um, but yeah, another another solid tune. Um, I like this one quite a bit and uh, would have been my song of the week had it not been for the one that you hated. Yeah, well, it's fair <laughs> enough. Um, but we we end the album with a bit of a trilogy. It's it starts with a song called "Torn," which is really just serving as an intro to the to the trilogy. It's a piano interlude with vocals on the top. Odd odd vocal effects on this one, which I wasn't quite sure why they employed, but they definitely um, played with the the vocals on this one. Just like I said, serves as an intro more than anything else. A bit nondescript. Well, I, you know, to, I hadn't named enough vocalists that I thought of when I was listening to this album, but this intro track, I Phil I thought I was listening to Witherfall. It reminded really? me, of, okay, reminded me of Joseph Michael has sometimes those kind of almost like synthesized kind of vocals on, yep. on certain tracks. Not that I know a ton of Witherfall songs, but that that's just what I thought of when I heard it. So just really making my way through the the uh, list of vocalists that I thought of. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe I was having a stroke while I was listening to this album <laughs> this week. Who knows? Um, well, we'll get there because I think I had that one on the final track. But before we get to the final track, <laughs> Half a Man um, is kind of the crux of this trilogy. And it's really um, the, the riff itself that kind of drives this thing is not the best, but the bass line is awesome. I actually thought that that was a real highlight on this song. Um, the odd vocal effects continue, but they would subside after the first chorus. And, you know, once it gets going, I actually think it shows off Michael Tangerman's range well. I, I actually think that this is a nice kind of like bounce back track in many ways. Uh, the keys are awesome during the chorus. And it's what I like about it is that it's very heavy in spots and almost ballad like in others. It's just a well done tune and, and kind of um, keeps the listener on the edge of their seat as they go through it. Uh, yeah, I am pretty much right there with you. This whole kind of, um, it's almost like a, the torn suite, I'll call it, at the end of the album, um, kind of uh, going big as they're going home. Um, and they would quite literally go home after this tracks because we would never hear from them again, or for the first time for that matter. But um, uh, yes, I agree with you. Um, it's a, It's got a little bit more of a maybe somber and creepy kind of vibe here and there, but then towards the end kind of picks up again. I'm getting like, uh, getting kind of that like late, late nineties dream theater vibe again, but, um, yeah, solid. I, I like the, uh, the guitar solo towards the end is, is um, really cool. Uh, it's a cool tune and pretty much makes up the real meat and potatoes of this torn, uh, torn sweet as I, as I put it. And to that end, I think that no album or the, your stroke would not be complete without the closer called Broken Harmony, which is really an odd outro in many ways. It's just 
ambient keyboard noise all over. I can't even describe it. It's just like a, it's just two minutes of noise. If, if you wanted, like, ever wanted to know what a panic attack sounded like, just <laughs> listen to this song. Two it's minutes the, of static. Yeah, I was. It, but I will say, every time I listened to this album this week, I knew immediately when it was ending because it, it had a very memorable ending. Probably not for the best reason, but I mean, I knew it was over because it sounded like. Um, it sounded like something inside of me was malfunctioning. <laughs> and that's how it goes out. And I think I think the tracks are the the trilogy's really about a kind of a bad breakup and an interesting way to go out. But that that concludes our walk or our march back in time through this human defects album. I'm curious, um really like you know, kind of your overall impression and, and ultimately your score on this one, because I know that like I said, you've never heard it. So did it you had no expectations, but what'd you think of the thing like top to bottom? I thought it was quite enjoyable. Um, the, I didn't think there were any bad songs. Um, you know, the production wasn't fantastic, but it was, um, was listenable. Um, definitely have heard, have heard worse. Uh, we've discussed worse. Um, it's just uh, following behind is kind of a thankless, uh, a thankless job, I guess. But um, I still think it was very solid. I enjoyed it a lot. I gave it a, se- a solid seven. Um, I wouldn't mind going back and listening to this. I'm a big fan of Michael Tangerman's vocals. And so knowing that there's at least something else out there with him on it, that isn't the three superior albums or the, one superior live album uh and there's there's other places we could listen to him um i'm just saying if Aaron or uh tobias if you're listening next arian advantage album um you know maybe give michael a call i think he's on facebook uh you know he's hell of a he's a hell of a singer i i think um he didn't get his due like being on really that we're aware of like the lead singer on four studio albums ever uh at least at least metal albums i'm god knows what else the guy's done i don't want to uh you know uh diminish anything else he might have done i'm just this is through lack of knowledge but uh i'm curious what uh what your overall thoughts and and score are on this one because uh you definitely had more time to let it marinate than i did yeah like i said i've been listening to this for quite a while now. Um, but for me, it's a 7.5. I think what you see here more than anything is the the roots of what could have been a very, very, very good band with a touch better production, a touch more maturity to the songwriting. But like the, the foundation was there and it's a shame that they didn't do anything else because I think that this could have been a thing, right? Like this could have gone places, but for whatever reason, it just never got off the ground. Um, but the songs themselves are really, really good, despite the some of the, you know, the, some of the production issues or some of the, you know, immature songwriting in spots. But like, who am I to say? Because I obviously am not a musician, but to me, that's just the overall impression I got. This could have been something, and it's a shame that it was never anything. Yeah, can you imagine if like Simone Mulroney got his hands on this oh thing? Oh my god, and this thing would polish. Be- polished it up a little bit and it would be phenomenal because the songs themselves are really good and god only knows what other creative um you know songs were 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 in the in their pocket that they just never saw the light of day so a very solid release i thank you for indulging me and in, in kind of listening to it this week and i i hope you got as much fun out of it as i did uh i did it was it's always uh the the, the mystery albums are always a, a fun thing to go back to as hard as it is to for anything to be a mystery in this day of, of uh, wide open, uh, you know, information everywhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, this was uh, as far as like picking something that had very little of a, of a footprint on the, the worldwide web um, doesn't, uh, doesn't get too much more obscure than this outside of like uh, back in high school when those, uh, when those rappers used to hand us their, their uh, CDs at the mall. Um. <laughs> um next week on the metal exchange no i i, I kid i kid um I, I like i said it's it's hard to surprise you but i i knew i had one here so I'm, I'm i'm glad we got to do it with that let's uh let's talk some news i don't have much this week but i do have uh one question for you and that's uh 
Are you going to the cattle decapitation tour, which kicks off on November 10th uh, in Santa Ana, California? They're doing. No, it I, I just turned vegan uh, just in time to miss it, as it <laughs> yeah. turns out. They're going on tour with immolation. I, uh, I have to say, I have actually saw somebody wearing a cattle decapitation shirt the other day so this is what kind of prompted the the news they're doing a run of shows for about a month and a month and change starting and ending in california and then obviously hitting all places in between uh even a run of shows in canada but uh if you like that death grind sound i'm sure that uh these metal blade artists are uh you know are the tour for you more in line with something you might like a new docking album coming out um October 27th. It's called Heaven Comes Down. We had covered them in the archives uh, many moons ago. I actually remember that episode vividly just because I am such a mark for this band. Um, I, I don't have any expectations that this 13th studio album is going to be any good, but I'll give it a listen because I, I happen to be a sucker for the band. I'll listen to that. I really enjoyed the album we uh, talked about. I believe, was that um, Dale's uh, request? Was it Dale's? No, I think he did. I think his was with Tesla. Oh, Dale's was Doc, Tesla, yes. The Dockin right. was mine just because selfishly oh, right. I wanted to listen to it. But i got to be honest. That's a well I'd like to go back to because uh, we we just scratched the service. They have, a, they have a slew of albums that are probably worth talking about. I have a few hair metal bands that I would like to talk about at some point. Um, but uh, other things will take priority uh, for now. Well, to that end... I feel like it's been a while, especially for an album that's may or may not be prog power related. What am I listening to next week? Oh, it, it is not, uh, <laughs> not prog power, uh, related. Um, actually it's a, it's an album that we've, um, alluded to a bit, uh, that we can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. And considering that we have only talked about this band in long form one time, I thought, uh, it, the time has come, and the time has come to talk about The Divine Wings of Tragedy by ah. Symphony X from 1997. Uh, we did the uh, 5 or V uh, New Mythology Suite, I believe was the name of it. Um, it was our 21st episode. Uh, it was surprisingly my choice, uh, which I think was, took you by surprise. The fact um, that you've picked both Symphony X albums is really surprising. I've, I've really been... grown as a person over these years. This, <laughs> so that album came out on March 8th of 2021. Uh, so it, it's been uh, it's been two almost two and a half years since we've talked about uh, this band, but um, it just seemed like it was it was time to really uh, delve into this this real. Uh, classic celebrated prog metal power prog what do you prog power oh look it is it is prog power related what do you know um, uh, i, I just, um go ahead I, I think the question isn't so much uh do we like this album it's more of how much i agree with that um a good choice i've got some stories to go along with this one i remember how and when i got this album so i've got a lot of like back story on this one and um, just off the top of my head, you want to talk about another album that was well-produced for its time. This album sounds crisp and clean and uh, really doesn't need much of a touch-up at all, in my opinion. It sounds great. Crisp and clean, no caffeine. <laughs> exactly. uh, let's see if any of our older listeners remember that one. <laughs> Give us a shout if you do. I'm curious. Um, <laughs> but this is uh, a good choice. I look forward to it. And... Um, Believe it or not, I actually have the album picked out for the following week because I'll drop a little bit of a hint. It's an anniversary of sorts, and I thought it was um, very, very timely. So I, Oh, I, God, I, does cattle decapitation have an anniversary I'm not aware of? I can't wait for you to hear it. Um, <laughs> vegan or not, it's time to listen to uh, some Grindcore. But anyway, uh, we'll come back next week. If you like what you hear, give us a like and a follow. Consider joining our Patreon. It obviously helps support the show, and we obviously appreciate the support. If you don't want to join the Patreon, tell a friend, invite a friend to listen to the show. That will work for us just the same. And we will catch up with you uh, next week when we talk about some classic Symphony X. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, this is uh, an album that uh, I think we're going to have a lot to say about. I have a lot of fond memories. And um, yeah, it's we're, we're keeping it in the prog realm uh, so far the, this month. So um 
good stuff as we uh, march our way closer and closer to uh, Prog Power. And uh, as we said, we will definitely be doing a a Prog Power recap episode um, probably a few days after the the festival ends. It might come out a little bit later in the week rather than the usual Monday. Um, I believe we did something similar last year. I think we dropped it on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So it'll be something similar, but we will uh, recap our time at the uh, annual festival and uh and then we will continue on but um we do we will be able to uh to sneak in a uh request episode the week before on september 4th and uh we'll, we'll say this to our friend richard from the uh from the patreon group uh it, your time has come uh but since he gave us a list of 43 albums to choose from, <laughs> he might not know which one <laughs> we're going with. So that's uh, one we'll of leave... the 43. Yeah. He, well, he'll find out uh, on um, not next week's episode, but the episode after that, when we reveal uh, what he chose um, or what uh, one of the things that he chose and what we chose of his choosings. Well said, not really, but I'll give you, yeah, I'll just give you a pass on that. I, I ran out of vocabulary after the, uh, the, the uh, out of control episode. So <laughs> Enjoy the week, my friend. Passionate. I will, I'll talk to you soon.